the, the main verse of the message, but we're going to be jumping around. And so if you're one of those that, that likes to, to follow along, it's not going to be on the screen. Um, go ahead and, and mark that one. Um, I took some paper clips and, and marked mine so I can find it a little easier, but you can go ahead and mark those or whatever you've got. Uh, if not, just follow along, all right? Uh, but we've got one verse that we're going to uh, really be drawn back to uh, e- each time uh, for each point uh, this morning. Um, I've got uh, some family here, uh, for those of you that, that may not know, um, my mom and dad are here, my nephew's here, uh, my grandpa, uh, my papa, I call him, is here, uh, and then my granny and my aunt are here as well. Um, they, apparently, they've been asking for a long time, when I preach, they want to know about it. Um, I, that's just, I, I don't broadcast that, you know, that's not one of those things that when you get asked to preach, you tell the whole world, you know. Um, but uh, they've, they've wanted to come and, and hear me. Uh, they, they've heard me, but it's been, God, it's been a long, long time. Uh, and so I'm excited to have them here. Uh, the sheriff actually called my dad and told him, that's pretty bad. <laughs> when the sheriff has to call your daddy and tell him that his son's preaching. But anyway, uh, I'm grateful that they're here uh, to, to be here this morning. Um, not going to talk about you. I have a rule about that. I don't talk badly about my family from the pulpit. Um, not that I have anything bad to say. But anyway, uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to look together this morning at one verse, like I said, and then we're going to jump around. But First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 uh, is going to be the basis uh, of our message this morning. Learning to live a thankful life. Learning to live a thankful life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, reads like this. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, I want to pause right now and just simply ask that, that you come and meet with us. Lord, we need you. I know for, for myself, I don't want to do anything outside of your will. So God, I just pray in this moment, in these next few minutes that, that we dive into your word, that you would speak to us. And Lord, that you would have your way. Or change hearts. If that's what you see fit to do. However, you choose to work, God. I pray that we all would be obedient in this place today. Father, bless your word. May it pierce our hearts. May it bring about conviction and change and courage to live out the gospel in a lost and dying world. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Paul writing here says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in 
Christ Jesus. You've got a question at the very top of your, your insert, your handout, if you have it with you. What are you thankful for today? We just uh, uh, celebrated on Thursday Thanksgiving, right? Some of us brought in a few more pounds this Sunday than we had last Sunday, maybe, perhaps, and that's okay. Filled our bellies with turkey and ham and stuffing and all the fixings, right? And some may have debated, is sweet potato pie a side or dessert? I have my opinion, but I'll keep that to myself. But we just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? It's one day a year that we get to celebrate Thanksgiving with family and friends. So it, it, it obviously, as, as Kenny asked me to, to fill in and preach for him this morning, uh, knowing that we were going to be on the backside of Thanksgiving, that word continued to just come to mind. Thankful. Thanksgiving. Thankfulness. And, and, and the Lord continued to, to just impress upon my heart that thanksgiving, thankfulness, is not something that should be celebrated once a year, but it should be celebrated daily. So we have a lot to be thankful for. And so I just was curious. What is the average person thankful for? So I did what every human being would do I googled it right I googled it and so here's what I came up with the average human being the average person thankful for these five things good health money in the bank good friends parents and I had to put this one on the list because I thought it was funny weekends Right? Some of you came in gloom and doom, and if you're anything like my Grady Parks, Grady Parks is six years old, right? First grade, and the kid lives for the weekend already. He wakes up on Monday and goes, I got five more days. Does he not? He got out of school on Tuesday, and he said, I got five days. Like, he knows. He lives for the weekend, Right? So then obviously I had to ask myself, I did a little self-reflection, what, what, am, what is Mac, what am I thankful for? As I, I looked at what the general public or the, the average person is thankful for. And you know, I, I am thankful for health. I'm thankful for the breath of life that God's given me. I'm thankful for health. That uh, thanks to the government and, and having my CDLs, I have to go every two years for a physical, right? And I just had to go last month, got checked out, had to do the vision test and all the other stuff, the hearing test and all that mess. And I checked out okay, believe it or not. Clean bill of health. Thankful for family. I am thankful for family. Boy, and it's neat to know that my mom and dad are here, my, uh, my, my grandparents are here, my aunt's here. I'm thankful for family. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for family. And boy, if I whew, 
If I'd have just realized how important that was when I was younger. A little side note to this day. We actually had this conversation the other day. Sandra and I were talking to somebody and they mentioned something. And Sandra said, yeah, we only have, we don't have a TV in our bedroom. And we don't. And guess what? We won't. You want to know why? Because when I was a teenager, I had a TV in my bedroom. And you know what I did? Spent all my time in my bedroom. And not with my family. All right? Boy, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that God sent Sandra in my life when he did. And radically changed my life. I'm thankful for my two boys. Well, you want to talk about life changing? Boy, kids will change your life. But I'm thankful. I wouldn't trade any of it. Any of it. For anything. I'm thankful for a good job. I've always said, why do it if you don't love it? Boy, I love, I love, I love doing what I do. Wouldn't trade it for anything. I know way too many people that just do a job just to do a job. There's no fun in that. I love getting to do what I do. Most of all, I'm thankful for Christ. I'm thankful for Christ. And the sacrifice that He gave, that He paid, so that I could stand before you today a new man. Because without that, I'm nothing. I'm thankful for Christ. So learning to live a thankful life, this is something that we don't celebrate just once a year on a day called Thanksgiving. It's something that we celebrate every day because we have so much to be thankful for. And so I got three things that we're going to run down and we're going to tackle these together. And hopefully, we're going to gain a better understanding of what it means, what it looks like to live a more thankful life. First thing, your belief determines your behavior. Your belief determines your behavior. Mac, what do you, what do you mean by that? What, what are you talking about? Our Sunday school class knows what I'm talking about because I shared the story with them a while back. Y'all know I'm a, I'm a sports guy. I'm not just a football guy. I'm not just a baseball guy. I'm not just a basketball. I'm a sports guy. I just love sports, right? And I love underdog stories. Right now in our town, our football team is an underdog in every game that they play in. But I refuse to believe that it's always going to be that way. I refuse. And I told our Sunday school class, I, I had the opportunity for eight years to coach at West Oak High School as, the, as a baseball coach. And, and during that time, I had, obviously, a ton of athletes that came through. And, and there was one day that uh, we were eating supper or, or lunch or something at, at Los Amigos in Seneca. And uh, at the time, the kid was a freshman, and he was in there with his dad, and they were eating. And so I, I went by and spoke to him as we were on our way out. And uh, the dad made the comment to me. He said, Mac, I don't know why they've put us in this conference. This was when they transitioned into Western 3A and we're playing the BHPs and the Wrens and Daniels and the Senecas and all those teams, right? And the dad said, I don't know why they put us in this conference. We will never be able to compete. Right in front of his son, 
And as a coach, I want to punch him in the mouth. But as a, as a guy that, that went there, played there, competed there, and lives in this community now, it broke my heart. Because in that moment, guess what was implanted in that son's mind? That no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, you'll never win. And for four years, that's what he believed. And so guess what? Your belief determines your behavior. I love stories like this one in First Chronicles chapter 11. I'm telling you, it's there. Write it down. Go back and look at it. I'm going to read it to you. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 22. Benaiah, son of Jehoadah, was the son of a brave man from Kazil, a man of many exploits. Benaiah killed two, Ariel of Moab, and he went on down into a pit on a snowy day, watch this, and killed a lion. True story. Really happened. He also killed an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Even though the Egyptian had a spear in his hand like a weaver's beam, Benaiah went down to him with a club, snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. Man, you want to talk about goosebumps? That right there gives you goosebumps. Because here was a man whose belief determined his behavior. He believed that he had killed that lion. And so he chased it into a pit, the Bible says, on a snowy day. And he killed it. Not only that, but he killed an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall with his own spear. That's a bad man. You know how I know that? Because at that time, King David was coming in to rule and reign over the nation of Israel. And King David was, was basically assessing what he had, right? As any good leader would, he walked in and he began to assess the men that he had on his side. And who he was going to appoint where. And guess where he put Benaiah? Head of his bodyguard. Duh. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I want a man that's going to kill a lion. I want a man that's going to snatch a spear out of a, another man's hand. Right? Your belief determines your behavior. Another story, it's sad. Second Samuel chapter 9. Again, write it down, go back and read it. This is the story, another story that involves King David. But David at the time was looking to show kindness to someone in Saul's family. And so he asked a servant, who can I show kindness to? And the servant came back and he said, there, there's, there's Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. If you go back a few chapters, Mephibosheth, when he was younger, he was dropped by a servant. When he was dropped, he was paralyzed from the waist down. And because of that, as he grew older, he then moved to a place called Lodabar. And Lodabar was known as a place, it was basically a black hole. It was a place where the outcasts, the, the misfits, the unwanted, that's where they went. 
And David had him brought, had Mephibosheth brought to him. And he told Mephibosheth, from this day forward, you'll eat at the king's table. But the point of that story is this, that Mephibosheth thought that he was a nobody. He thought that he was a misfit and that he was an outcast. And therefore, he put himself in Lodabar. Your belief determines your behavior. Are you always a woe is me type of person? Or are you the exact opposite? Thankful for the breath of life that you've been given. Your thankfulness lies in your belief. And your belief lies in your heart. Secondly, set your mind. Set your mind. Your thankfulness is a mindset. I think too often uh, we, we allow our thankfulness to be determined by our circumstances. Following me? Life is good. Everything's going good. We have good health. We have money in the bank. What were the other things they mentioned? We have good friends. Our, our parents are, are good to us. We're enjoying our weekends. Man, life is good. Life is good. We're thankful. But boy, our health starts going downhill. Our money starts going with it. Our, our friends start scattering. Our parents maybe aren't there as much anymore. And doggone if work hadn't called and said they need me to work on the weekends. Well, I'm not thankful anymore. You following me? Thankfulness is a mindset. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, gives us a a really good uh, idea of of how to best uh, set our minds, right? I said I had it marked. I didn't mark that one, I'm sorry. But it's right here. You ready? Do not be conformed to this age. Some translations say do not be conformed to this world. By the renewing of your mind... But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. We'll read it again. Do not be conformed to this age or to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I don't have to tell you what kind of world we live in. Our world is saturated with negativity. Our world is saturated with people that are just discontent. It's saturated. But you see, as a Christian, I need to to set my mind on the things of God. And give thanks in everything, as First Thessalonians says. It's a mindset that we set our hearts towards thanksgiving. All right, number three. Look at your surroundings. Look at your surroundings. What are you surrounded by? What are you surrounded by? 
I skipped over Psalm 57, and I'm sorry about that, but it kind of goes along in number three too. This is David being pursued by Saul in Psalms 57. Not a great place to be in a cave fearing for your life. And that's where David found himself in Psalm 57. But yet he gave thanksgiving to God for the breath of life that he had, right? Number three, look at your surroundings. Look at your surroundings. Where are you at? Who have you surrounded yourself with? Are you constantly around negativity? Are you constantly around people that are draining you? Are you constantly around positivity and people that bring fulfillment to you? Well, if it's negativity that you're around all the time, what are you doing about it? What are you doing to change it? Paul says this in in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. I all... Always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He goes on in verse 9 to say this, And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you can determine what really matters and can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. You see what was surrounding Paul? Paul had people that surrounded him, that loved him, that prayed for him, and that fulfilled him. Well, we could could bounce around all kinds of scriptures where Paul was in prison. But guess what? He was still thankful for the breath of life. What are you surrounding yourself with this morning? I thought about this, just a little illustration, and then we'll wrap up, land the plane, and be finished. It's an illustration that I came across in a book uh, several years ago, uh, the illustration of a thermostat and a thermometer. You heard this one? thermostat and the thermometer. I did this in a middle school one time when I was speaking to a middle school FCA and uh, I called up two, uh, two kids. One had to tell me what a thermometer was and the other had to tell me what a thermostat was and poor kid that had the thermostat didn't have a clue. No kid, middle schooler, didn't have a clue. Thermometer, yeah. All right, so here you go, ready? And I wish I had, y'all know I, I love visual stuff, but I just couldn't pull my thermostat off the wall um, while I was gone. So anyway, thermometer. Somebody tell me real quick. I know we're in church, but it's okay. Somebody tell me, what is a thermometer? It's a gauge that tells the temperature, right? Everybody agree with that? If you don't, come see me afterwards. Um, All right, thermostat. It sets, it controls, it regulates the temperature, right? All right, so thermometer. Thermometer adjusts according to the temperature, right? Now, I want you to think about your thankfulness in relation to a thermometer. 
You understand? Life is good. I'm good. Life is bad. I'm bad. You following me? I mean, we're just, man, that thermometer is just going all over the place. Right? Because my life is determined based on my circumstances. Just as a thermometer's reading is based on the temperature. Got me? Thermostat, on the other hand, sets the temperature. Controls the temperature. My life is good. It's set. My life is bad. Guess what? The temperature is still set. Because I control the thermostat. Now, who's controlling your thermostat? You see, when I control the temperature, I'm a thermometer because I'm all over the place. I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm hot. Some of you just had some bad flashbacks, didn't you? But when I'm a thermometer, when I allow the the, the thermostat to control it, and I allow God to set the temperature, when I allow Him to control my heart, guess what? No matter the circumstances, I have a thankful heart. Because I understand that if my health goes south, it could still be worse. And I understand that when life is good, it could be taken just like that. You following me? And so my question to you this morning is, are you a thermometer? Do you let the world around you determine and the things happening around you to determine your temperature? Or do you walk into a room or do you walk around your work, your home, wherever it may be as a thermostat where you set the temperature? And no matter what's around you, all the negativity can be there And guess what? My temperature's set. Because I know where the source of life comes from. I know the thankfulness that I've been called to. And that is in the words of of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. To give thanks in everything. Right? To give thanks in everything. So are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? Last question at the bottom of the page is this. Are you truly living a thankful life? Are you truly living a thankful life? My follow-up question to that is this. If not, why not? Have you checked your heart? Have you checked your heart? We're going to go into a time of invitation right now. And as we do, Survey your heart. Survey your heart. Because when Jesus invades your life, when He saves you as a sinner, 
you'll find that you have so much to be thankful for. And that this life of thanksgiving is not just celebrated once a year, but it's something that should be celebrated daily, constantly, and consistently. Because what we deserve is a sinner's hell. But what we've been given, we truly have a lot to be thankful for. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time. And thank you so much for the reminder that we have this morning. That through your son Jesus, true thankfulness can be found. Lord, forgive me for the times that that I've lived my life thankless and not thankful for the, the simple things in life. But God, help me going forward today. Because of you, live a life that is more thankful daily. So much so that that people are drawn to you as a result. Father, during this invitation time, I pray that we each would just survey our own hearts. Rid us of anything, God, that that is robbing us of the joy that we have in you. Anything that is preventing us from living a life full of thanksgiving. God, you gave it all for us. I pray that we could just give you that and live our lives more thankful each and every day. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.